0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: I read the story last week about a tragic home fire that occurred in the middle of the night. The father was awakened by the sounds of the smoke alarms. He did his best to get every member of the family out, and the last one out was his little six-year-old girl. Fire engulfed the hall leading to a room, so he ran through the fire, wrapped her in a blanket, and carried her out to safety. The little girl didn't even have a singed hair. He saved her. But the father wasn't so lucky. His right hand was severely burned, and his arm, and it was disfigured from the fire. So after that time, he would always greet everybody with his left hand. But if his daughter was with him from the time she was six years old, clear up until she was a teenager, she would take his right hand and extend it to the new friend. And she would say, "He, I'm alive because he sacrificed for me. Even through her whole life, anytime she was with her dad and they were meeting someone new, he would extend his left hand and she would pull his right hand up had deep significance for her. The father eventually passed away, and the funeral director, trying to be kind, had hidden that right hand because it was so ugly, scarred, and disfigured. When she came to view her dad's body, she said, Oh no, this isn't going to do. You put that hand right up on top like it's supposed to be. I want everyone to see it because that hand was wounded for me. Folks, it's time we remember the cost of the cross. It's time that we recognize Jesus did, in fact, pay it all for you and for me. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 reads this way. Surely he took our infirmities; He carried our sorrows. Yet we consider him stricken by God, smitten and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Consider the cost of the cross. Consider the fact that the cross was premeditated. When Before Adam and Eve were created, God had a plan for fallen mankind. And his plan was that his son would die on a cross to bring redemption, forgiveness, salvation, salvation to every person who calls on his name. Our redemption was premeditated. Our redemption was prescribed. God had the exact plan outlined long before we sinned. And it's interesting, it was also precise. God knew exactly what had to be done to atone for the sins of all mankind. So let's pick it up and realize that Hebrews chapter 13, we're reading verses 11 through 13. For the high priest carries the blood of animals into the holiest chamber as a sacrifice for sin, then burns the bodies of the animals outside the city. And Jesus, our sin sacrifice, also suffered death outside the city walls to make us holy by his own blood. So we must arise and join him outside the religious walls and bear his disgrace. What a powerful passage of scripture. We think about the cross and we think about the sacrifice. We think about the nail prints in his hands and feet and where the sword pierced his side. We think about the crown of thorns and the fact that his beard was literally pulled from his face. That he was beaten so he's unrecognizable before he ever was hung on the cross. 39 stripes were laid on his back and it's by those stripes, the writer of Hebrews says, we are healed. It was already prescribed for you and I. You need a prescription for healing? It's the wounds, the stripes, the sacrifice, the pain, the agony that Jesus endured going to the cross that makes it possible for you and I to lay claim to the promise of divine healing. When we understand the cross, we understand that everything required for you and I to live godly was accomplished at the cross. There is nothing more that is needed. We don't need to add this, that, and something else. You don't need to pay your way out of anything or pray your way out. It was accomplished at the cross. And if we understand that at the cross, once for all, Satan and his henchmen were defeated for all of eternity, then it changes our perspective, it changes our outlook, and we're no longer living in defeat and agony and despair, but rather we are standing in the victory that was purchased for us on the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, folks, it's time to recognize everything that we need, according to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Everything that we need for life and godliness has been acquired through Jesus Christ. Given to us through Jesus Christ. There is nothing lacking. This morning, I want to take a different look at the cross. Because the scripture in Hebrews makes a very important, I believe, statement. It says that he was crucified outside the city gates. Outside the city gates. When uh, that statement was written to Hebrews, actually, Israelites, they understood the significance, because the significance goes way back to when they were in the wilderness coming out of Egypt, and God gave the design for the tabernacle, and how the tribes were to be arranged around the tabernacle, and anybody who was not of Hebrew lineage and descent could not be inside those walls. But rather they were banished to the outside. Foreigners, followers, hangers-on couldn't come inside those city walls. They understood exactly what this meant. They understood that by him going outside the city walls, he threw open the door to anyone who believes on his name. He declared, it doesn't matter your nation, your origin, your language, your religion. It doesn't matter what your mama did or your daddy did. Because at the cross, dying outside the city gates, he threw open salvation to anyone and everyone who dares to believe on his name. Happened outside the city walls. They understood this. It was a word picture that they got. They understood outside the walls was no man's land. Anything went out there. You know, it's interesting. Growing up in Oklahoma, the Panhandle of Oklahoma wasn't given to Oklahoma until 1897. It's 166 miles long and 34 miles wide. It was called No Man's Land. It's where all the outlaws, all the bad—it's all the bad guys live. They were free from any type of persecution, opposition, arrest from the law because they were in No Man's Land. See, that same thing applies. When you're outside the city walls, it's no man's land. It's a place where anything and everything goes, where there is no law to bring you back into correction, outside the city walls. Some of you, both in this room and online, are living outside the city walls. You've never accepted him, never asked him to come into your heart and into your life, forgive you of your sins, to let you move into the city. You're still out there. It's time today for you to realize that and come to Jesus Christ. Turn to Jesus Christ. So there were the hanger-ons, the Gentiles, the no-gooders outside the city wall. There were also those who had been placed there by the Jews themselves. Lepers lived outside the city walls. Anyone who was contagious with sickness lived outside the city walls. They were required to live among the foreigners, among the squalor. Outside the camp was a place where they were required to go. Outside the camp was also a waste dump. It's where the sacrifices that the priest offered on the altar, once they had been offered, then blood had been spelt, they took the carcasses outside the city walls and they burned them there. Just picture in Jesus' time, Thousands of burnt car- car- carcasses outside the city wall, the stench, the smell, the ever burning fires. Matter of fact, Jesus called it the Valley of Gehana. The Valley of ever- Never Ending Fire was outside the city walls. It's an area outside where everything discarded was placed. When David took, took control of Jerusalem as the city of God, he moved the walls, he moved the tribes inside and outside the walls is where the discarded lived. Secondly, outside the walls was a place of identification. When the writer of Hebrews applied it to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he was saying that outside those walls, he died for all mankind. And he identifies with anyone and everyone. Have you ever been ostracized? Have you ever been shunned? Have you ever been labeled? Have you ever found your place yourself in the place where those that you thought loved you and cared about you don't? Have you ever been betrayed? Have you ever had that knife plunged into your heart through your back? Have you ever known the sting, the hurt, the pain of those who turn their back on you? See, it's you he died to identify with. It's you. That were outside the city walls that he chose to identify it with. And so I'm not really sure that's true. We'll read Mark 10 46 through 52. It's a story of Bartimaeus. Jesus and his company were going down the road to Jericho, and outside the city walls of Jericho was a blind man named Bartimaeus. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those around Jesus told the blind man to be quiet. He's busy. He doesn't have time for you. But the Bible says the more they tried to shush him, the louder he cried. Oh, somebody in this room today, you need to get past the noise. Get past the voices that are flooding your heart and your mind. And hear the voice of the king saying, what do you want from me? He's listening for your cry. He's attuned to your heartache. And he wants to bring healing and redemption to you today. Ephesians chapter two, verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, Paul writing, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But I love verse 13. I love the writings of Paul because Paul never leaves us hopeless. He never leaves us in despair. He never leaves us beaten down and trodden upon. But rather, he brings back to us a word of encouragement. And he says in verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, if you're one of those who was once far away, away, but you've been brought near, can you throw up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you paid it all. I was once an outcast, but now I'm inside the city walls. Once I was a foreigner, a stranger, but now I'm inside. I'm a citizen. I'm living in community with the Most High God. His Holy Spirit indwells me and fills me, leads me, guides me, directs me, teaches me, because I am now in Christ. It's a powerful statement. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Powerful statement. Powerful application is Jesus went outside the city walls to take the place. Now remember who lived there? The lepers, the contagious, the foreigners. Jesus went outside the city walls to cure our moral leprosy. You may not have spots on your skin, but there's spots on your heart. You may say, well, I'm not contagious. Yes, the evil that's in you, the sin that resides in you is contagious to those that are around you. Listen, I tell you all the time, bad company corrupts good character. Be aware of who your associations are. Be aware of who you rub shoulders with and develop deep relationships with. Young people, I'm talking to you. Be careful. The Bible says be not unequally yoked together. That just doesn't mean religiously. It also means doctrinally, spiritually. You should not be yoked with someone who doesn't love God, is not serving Jesus, and doesn't have your same agenda in heart. Well, I love it anyway. You don't have to shout. I'll do it for you. Amen. That's pretty good preaching. So he went outside the city walls to cure, to heal our moral leprosy, to heal that sin that is contagious, that contaminates us and those that we encounter as well. He went outside the city walls to the place where criminals were killed, crucified. Isaiah 53.12 says it this way. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sin of many and made intercession for transgressors. He went outside the city wall to identify with those who were already judged and condemned as criminals according to the law of God. He was numbered with the transgressors. And he went outside the city walls to be the offering, the sacrifice for your sin and for mine. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, It's no longer the blood of bulls and goats that atones for our sin, but rather, once for all, Christ died for us. Oh, I love it. And before, before we even knew him, God showed us his love in the fact that Christ died for you and me. Outside the city walls, every carcass that had been sacrificed had been dumped, left to burn, decay, and rot. Outside the city walls, you'll find it's also a place where the false gods of Baal and Moloch were worshipped by the Old Testament Hebrews. They worshipped there by sacrificing their own children in the fires. Let that pause and resonate for just a moment. Say, we would never do that. Of course we do that. Maybe not you and I personally, but our society does that. We sacrifice our children every single day. And because we have sacrificed over 68 million children in America, we don't know but what the next scientist would have been born who would cure cancer. What the next uh, great person would have been born to lead our nation to another place of heightened victory. We have sacrificed our future. Just as the Israelites were doing when they sacrificed their children, they were sacrificing their future. Do you understand that? The next generation is our future. And we have been too free and frequent to sacrifice that. Speaking to someone here today, there's redemption, there's forgiveness, there's hope. You don't have to wander through life feeling like you are always marked because you had an abortion. No, in Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness. He takes the old away and He makes you new. He enables you to rise above your past. He tells you there's hope and a future. He tells you I have plans for you. We're trying to allow Him to heal that hurt today. Haley, would you come back, please? Outside the city walls was also a place of redemption. A place of redemption. I want you to think about this for just a moment. We are absolutely dependent on God as redeemed people. All that we have, the wisdom, the pardon from sin, our deliverance, our acceptance in God's favor, grace, holiness, true comfort, happiness, eternal life, all we have comes by way of our Redeemer. And that Redeemer is God. God not only gives us the Redeemer, He accepts the redemption. The redemption of His power, His grace, bestowed upon us by the Redeemer, purchased by the Redeemer. Our blessings, what we have, are purchased by the Redeemer. It's made by God Himself. I want you to think about this. Not only is God the purchaser, But God is also the price. He paid the price. He purchased us out of sin. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. And He paid the price for it. See, Jesus is God. And when Jesus offered Himself as a sacrifice, He offered redemption and He paid the price for it. Oh, that's a cool thought. I like that. You're not getting it. You will later. God purchased everything we have every blessing we've enjoyed through the redemption Jesus offers at the cross. I want to talk to you for just a few moments as we close this up about redemption. Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 5, pardon me, 15. There are five stories. Let me start this all over again. My brain just went on fast forward. Luke chapter 15, there are three stories of redemption. It's a story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. And every one of these stories has five things in common. Number one, in each story, something valuable is lost. The first instance, the shepherd left the 99 and went and found the one. The second interest, the wo- woman had two, 10 coins and she lost one and she lit a light and swept her house until she found it. And the third, the father lost the prodigal son. Each story, as something valuable that is lost. May I tell you that God deeply values lost things. In other words, He sees lost people, the irreligious, the immoral, the sinful. He sees those who are trapped in false religions, and He views them as worthy of finding, worthy of recovery. So, number one, something valuable is lost. Number two, there's an intensive search that occurs. The shepherd went out and looked for the sheep. The woman ransacked her house. The father was willing to embarrass himself to show the son his love. And the point Jesus is making in all three of these parables, these stories, is that God's waiting. God's searching. God's looking for all that is lost. Why do you think the scripture says that God is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is patient or long-suffering, not willing that any should be lost, but that all come to redemption. Let me say it this way. He pursues us even when we're on the bottom. He pursues us even when we don't know where we're at or what we're doing. He pursues us because we are His creation and He loves us. He's chasing after you today. Number three, that which was lost is found. Every story shows the lost being found. What's the main difference between the two sons and the story of the prodigal son? The one son had an attitude that relied on his duty. The prodigal had an attitude that relied on his impulses. Only one seemed to recognize the hopelessness of the situation. He said, I will arise Go back to my father's house. Ask him just to make me a servant because even his servants have bread to eat every day. They don't have to eat out of the Big food. And then number four, a great celebration follows in all three of those stories. A party is thrown. The one with the lost sheep calls his neighbors. The one with the lost coin calls her friends. And when the prodigal came home, the father said, let's throw a party. Kill the fatted calf, banging the best roll, bring a ream. My son, who was lost, is now found again. And then number five, not only was there a party in heaven, but the scripture tells us that God and the angels of heaven rejoiced as well. It's not just on earth, but when one sinner repents, when one lost is found, there is a party in heaven. God and the angels are rejoicing over the fact that what that which was lost is now found so the question this morning you hear you're online and you need Jesus to walk into your mess you need Jesus to draw you to him to redeem you to forgive you Stand your feet across this room today. Haley's going to sing it one more time. Jesus paid it all. It's very, very, very simple. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. Would you begin to sing it out? As the Spirit of God begins calling you, drawing you, inviting you. Would you simply step out and come because Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of your mess. He wants you to be the story of the lost which was found today. So she sings. Spirit of God's moving on your heart, drawing you with great conviction. Step out and come right now. He's here to redeem that which is lost. Sing it out, Haley.
2: Jesus paid it all.
1: All to him I owe.
2: All to Him I owe. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, as the Lord
1: calls you, as He draws you, just step out and come.
2: Jesus paid you are going to be a party in heaven when you respond. All to Him I
1: owe. All to Him I owe
2: had left a crimson say, He washed it white as snow. Now I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch Him pray.
1: To him, I owe. All to him I, to him, I
2: owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed, washed it white
1: as snow. Well, If you can say that's happened in your life, well, just begin to worship him. Throw up your hands, magnify him as Haley continues to sing. Jesus paid it all. Let the cost of the cross never fade from our memory. Never fade from our memory.
2: Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sin had left
1: left the 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 crimson state.
2: Yes, Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Jesus paid it all. And the
2: crimson stain, he it white
1: and snow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Christ. Thank you for His sacrifice. Thank you, Father, that by His stripes we are healed. Thank you that through His sacrifice we have been bought back, redeemed from sin. Thank you that now we stand the children of the Most High God. We stand with purpose and a plan for God for our lives. We stand rejoicing that we are no longer lost. We've been found through the power and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Come on, folks, that's worthy news. We should be telling folks, I've been found. You can be found too. You don't have to wander in darkness, you don't have to live in deception. You don't have to be in a place where you don't understand and can't find your way out because there is one who's already paid the price. His name is Jesus, and he did it for you and he did it for me. Jesus paid it all. One more time, sing it out. Jesus
2: paid it
1: all. All to him I owe. All to him I
2: owe. Yes,
1: Praise your Praise Father
2: Praise you, Father he did.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you are the purchaser and the price. We praise you for that in Jesus' name, that we have been redeemed through your sacrifice. We thank you in the name of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Folks, we need to remember the cost of the cross. We need to remember the price that was paid for you and I and we need to always live in the confidence that because we've been redeemed, he guides and directs our steps. He sends his Holy Spirit who is the comforter to teach us, to minister to us, to encourage us. He gives us his word to guide us and direct us. Jesus paid it all. The cost of the cross, amen, hallelujah. Young adults across Main Street, join Pastor Yvonne and I for lunch. We love you. We appreciate you. Be back Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Adult small groups are meeting as well as age-related ministries this Wednesday night. We'll see you there.
0: You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church, on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.